Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys, as always, back home from a day at the ACC Media Days, attended as a part of my normal full-time job over at WFNZ in Charlotte. Uh, So a great opportunity to attend, but... A lot of Tar Heel stuff coming out of day one of the ACC Media Days. So uh, I I was able to get in on a couple of those interviews, was in the media breakout room uh, when those guys were in there talking to some of the the newspaper writers, uh, some of the, you know, other people that were trying to get uh, some separate audio from some of the stuff that uh, they were saying up on the podium. We're going to allow you to hear some of the audio uh, from Mac Brown, uh, from those media breakout sessions, as well as touch on some of the other stuff uh, that he was saying to the media. Uh, and and some of the other guys were saying to the media as well throughout the day at ACC Media Days and uh, a bunch of uh, great stuff, you know, starting with uh, a bunch of conversation about NIL. Uh, the Toriel guys, uh, not really overly focused on that, it seems, at least the three guys that we saw in attendance today. Now, of course, Sam Howell ends up picking up the uh, partnership with Bojangles, him as well as DJ Uyunglele, the quarterback from Cleveland. Clemson both uh, announced deals with Bojangles earlier today. Uh, that is a, a big deal for Sam, first significant brand sponsor that he has gotten to this point. Uh, it was pretty much only a matter of time for the Tar Heels star gunslinger and a guy that's going to be in a lot of the Heisman Trophy conversations. And th- that was another thing that was asked of Sam throughout the day. And he- he's a guy that seems focused more on team than on self. A lot of people asking him as well about about his NFL future, but he's a guy that definitely seems like he is focused on the expectations that lie ahead for the Tar Heels here 
in the 2021 season. Mac Brown was one of the guys that addressed that mainly on Radio Row when he was going through uh, doing some of the tours of the radio stations, including over at WFNZ with uh, the guys in the midday. Uh, he talked with uh, Nick Wilson and Stan Norfleet. I'm actually going to retweet that interview out for you guys to check out on my uh, Twitter page at HTB Anthony on Twitter. Um, that That's, uh, you know, a great conversation that they had with Mac Brown earlier today. And w- one of the questions that was asked of him was, you know, about the expectations coming into this season, about the losses that happened a year ago to Florida State and Virginia. And, and Mac Brown was very blatant in saying that those are losses that if Carolina wants to get to where they want to get to, they simply cannot happen. Uh, he admitted that the game against Florida State was a game that a lot of guys probably came in feeling pretty good about themselves, being the number five team in the country. They were punched in the mouth and didn't know how to respond. And then a game against Virginia where Virginia was simply uh, the better team on the field that night. That was what Mac Brown used in his own words earlier today on WFNZ in Charlotte. And, you know, that's a point that Carolina has to get to. And I think that they can get to this season is if they want to be where they're starting this season inside of the top 10, if they want to be a team that can challenge uh, the the Clemson Tigers, which is a point that they are hoping to get to uh, sooner rather than later, they are going to have to take care of business against some of these Big time uh, opponent, some of these smaller opponents uh, before they focus on taking care of some of the big time opponents. And look, Carolina, you know the expectations. How high are they? Carolina is one of just, I believe it's six teams heading into this season that is going to be favored in every single game this season. That was something that was released yesterday. I got to be honest, a little bit shocked by that, a little bit shocked by the fact that Carolina is favored in the road matchup with Notre Dame on October 30th in, you know, the middle to late part of the season. Uh that's a place where Carolina has not had a ton of success at all. That's a team that Carolina has never had a ton of success with uh in general. So, uh it but the expectations are as high as they have been since Mac Brown was he, you know, was here on campus his first time, and, and I think these ACC media days sort of justified that. You could see, you know, throughout the day, I, I was noticing that pretty much the biggest following throughout the day that you saw when it came to going to these media breakout sessions, when those guys were heading into the main media room to, you know, go and do the on-air portion that you guys saw on ACC Network and everything like that. Most of the time, the biggest following was for the Tar Heel players and Coach Mack Brown. You can tell that they are the team that right now most people feel like is the biggest threat to Clemson. They're the team that has the most polarizing figure, maybe in all of the ACC. I am not going to be out there tomorrow, unfortunately, for the second day of ACC Media Days. But I'm willing to bet that Sam Howell is probably the most polarizing guy right now that is in attendance at ACC Media Days. It seemed like he had uh, the biggest swarm. I know when I went and you know went into the media breakout room before the Toriel players got in there, uh, it, pretty much everybody was piled around Sam Howell, including uh, you know the guy that I was uh, you know helping during uh, when the Toriels were were in that 
that media session, um, a, a guy from WFNZ, my guy, said, look, I'm going to take Sam Howell. You go ahead and, and take some of the smaller guys. And I think that was the bigger mindset was that most people were thinking, look, Sam Howell is the guy here this year. And I'm going to be honest with you. I can't remember a time where you felt like a Tar Heel player was the most polarizing guy at one of these media days. And it just shows you where Carolina is at expectation-wise for this season. Another thing that was a real big focus throughout ACC Media Days, primarily for Mac Brown when he was up on the stage, uh, was Ty Chandler, the running back that is going to have to try to replace the production left behind by Javante Williams uh, and Michael Carter in the backfield. He's going to be the guy that's going to headline the group trying to do that. And, you know, Mac Brown seems pretty confident in the fact that uh, a guy that has gone through the test that Chandler has to this point in his career in the SEC at Tennessee is going to be ready to step in and play a big role for the Tar Heels immediately out of the gate this season. One of the more interesting comments that I saw from him today was when he was on the stand and said that Ty Chandler's a guy that's going to kind of be a mix of what we saw from Michael Carter and Javante Williams. I found that pretty interesting. And, and, you know, if that is the case, you feel like this is a guy that's going to be a pretty complete complete back. You kind of wonder if this is a guy that is going to be, you know, good enough to where, especially early on in the season, until they can find that second running back in the backfield, if this is going to be a guy that is going to be able to handle the bulk of the load and let some of those young guys try to figure it out behind him. Because, you know, as much as Mac Brown has talked about it, and I think it's one of the keys coming into fall camp, is finding some separation with some of these skill position guys. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know how much separation you're really going to be able to find because the group is young, the group is a bit unproven, and it feels like most of the guys are very, very similar in, one, what they bring to the table. I think there are some guys that are a little bit different than each other. It feels like, you know, DJ Jones is is probably more of the Michael Carter type of back. But, you know, outside of him, I mean, Josh Henderson and Caleb Hood are two guys that are going to bring very similar skill sets to the table uh, this season if they contribute in that backfield. But it's a young, inexperienced group with a guy in Ty Chandler that, I mean, look, the more and more you hear about him, the more people that you hear talk about him, the more you feel confident that this is a guy that can come in and have an immediate impact for the Tar Heels and and, and do it at a pretty high level. I, I got to be honest, when you know I first heard Carolina got him as a transfer and people were saying, look, this is a guy that's going to have to come in and contribute big time for Carolina, You know, I kind of wondered to myself, I know that he's definitely had some success in the SEC with Tennessee, um, but I, I think that you know there were people, including myself, that probably looked at the fact that you know he never reached the thousand yard rushing mark at Tennessee, and that he, he was you know eventually overtaken on the depth chart, and wondered what exactly happened there. I think we're kind of learning that that is definitely a big part, you know, a, a, in large part due to the fact that Tennessee changed offensive coordinators three times in his four seasons there. Uh, there was never really a, a, any sort of stability there. And, you know, now with him coming to Carolina and getting in an offense that, you know, Phil Longo, I think, 
feels like he can utilize him uh, to the best of his abilities. I feel like this is a guy that could thrive, and the fact that he was talked about so much at media days, I think shows the reasons why people are so confident that he can be a big-time factor and probably one of the better running backs in the ACC this season. The last thing that uh, I wanted to touch on from ACC Media Days and the last takeaway that I took away from this is Beck Brown talked a little bit and actually clarified this in the side room. This is the one piece of media that I want to play for you. Here's Mac Brown talking about the clarification to what exactly the players were saying when it came to their interpretation of the college football playoff expansion and why 12 teams might just not quite be what they think is right. They didn't say... Specifically, they didn't want more games. They did say that they don't think there's 12 teams that can win the national championship, and they're probably right if we go back and look at it. It's been that way over the last five years. Uh, But I do think they would like to understand if you start on August 4th and you finished in in February or late January, uh, what about vacations? What about Christmas holidays? I I, I do think the NIL was thrown on us without many guidelines. Transfer portal was thrown on us without many guidelines. 12-game playoff was thrown on us without many guidelines. I'd like to understand what that means. Now, supposedly at 5 o'clock today, the commissioner's going to talk to us about more about what that means. And he asked us to ask our players what they thought. So I'll be able to take what I learned today. We're having a team meeting tomorrow night. And I'll be able to take some of this back and say, okay, here's what, why they think 12 works. Talk to me. So you heard it there, the head coach of the Tar Heels talking a little bit about what his guys were saying, and I think that is the main point that I think a lot of people were focusing on. I I think the biggest thing that we were focusing on as, you know, people who, you know, cover college football from a distance, people that follow college football, um, you know, week to week, I think is the fact that they were going to have to play more games, and that wasn't really being talked about enough. The thing that I picked up from not only Mac Brown, but you know, hearing some of the guys that came by the WFNZ table today and talked with our guys in the afternoon, uh, which was you know, head coach David Cutcliffe of Duke, head coach Justin Fuente of Virginia Tech both stopped by, and it seemed like this was something that was kind of running around, you know, Radio Row in general from all of the coaches, is that a lot of people don't think that 12 is the right number. A lot of people, and a lot of coaches as well, not just players, kind of look at this and say to themselves, are there really 12 teams in college football that are deserving of playing for a national championship? And I think that is one of the big sticking points when it comes to this. I think that there are plenty of guys throughout the country that would be satisfied with playing in a 12-team playoff. But I do think that it's very interesting that a lot of guys feel like, and, and you know, definitely the coaches for sure, feel like in their minds 12 teams do not deserve the opportunity to play for a national championship if they lose two or three games, they feel like, look, we didn't do our part. We have to be a better football team if we want to compete 
to win national titles. There's not as much parity in the sport of college football as there is in college basketball. And and I don't think anybody was ever trying to justify the fact that college football is in any way comparable to college basketball in terms of parity. But I found that very interesting from Mac Brown that he that that was the point that it seemed like most players were trying to get across. And it shouldn't shock anybody because that was pretty much the main point of what we heard from Jeremiah Gimmel uh, or saw in the piece from Jeremiah Gimmel that Adrian, uh, uh, that uh, Andrea Adelson of ESPN wrote uh, in terms of you know the comments that Mac Brown made. She talked to uh, Jeremiah Gimmel later that day or earlier this month when Mac Brown said that in his first press conference in a couple of months with the uh, with the Tar Heel media, um, she she ended up talking to him and uh, he he basically said, "Look, we looked at our losses last year to Florida State. We looked at our loss to Virginia, and we said to ourselves that." If we had a chance, we don't feel like we're deserving enough to play for a national championship. And it feels like that's kind of the mindset going around ACC Media Days. Now, one of the other things before we close down uh, or before we stop talking here about ACC Media Days is... You know, one of the big things that was going around and that sort of started getting some rumors generated is that Texas, Oklahoma are two teams that are looking to possibly start the next round of conference realignment. I know that is unfathomable to believe that they could go through another round of conference realignment. But yes, it appears that that is on the horizon. Now, the SEC does get an opportunity to vote down bringing in Oklahoma and Texas. It seems like from what they have said, uh, you know, following that initial announcement, that a lot of schools will probably vote against that. But it sort of starts to generate the conversation of whether or not the ACC is going to look to expand. And I think it generates the conversation here on this podcast about how that would affect the Tar Heels going forward. More than likely, that means that, you know, I would assume the first team that the ACC is going to bring in would be Notre Dame. I don't think that should shock anybody. Jim Phillips mentioned them by name uh, here at ACC Media Days uh, earlier today. That should not shock anybody. The bigger question is, which other team do they bring in, and does this bring up the conversation that hasn't been brought up probably enough, but that will be brought up probably here over the next couple of months and maybe a couple of years until they can get this officially put in place. Is this going to set in motion the elimination of divisions in the ACC and what does that mean for Carolina? I feel like in years past, probably would have been a little bit more of a concern going forward, but now I don't think it's really that much of a concern. I think where Carolina is at, the fact that they are, at at this moment, a team that's inside of the top 10 in most preseason magazines and will more than likely be a preseason top 10 team when the official polls come out. This is a team that has the expectations that no matter what, no matter who they have to face if they eliminate divisions, they will be playing for an ACC championship. So, uh, I, I think that it's definitely something uh, that you got to keep an eye on going forward. Uh, and it's one of those things that everybody around Radio Row pretty much lit up when that news started coming out. We'll have to keep an eye on and see what ends up happening with that going forward. 
uh, in terms of the NIL. So that's your look back at ACC Media Days. Not going to have an article up on the website for that specifically, but we are going to have an article up there tonight. Uh, we're going to uh, you know preview the commitment of Amari and Hampton. Also recording in addition to the podcast tonight that we did record last night. Unfortunately, it got deleted. That is going to have your commitment preview. That'll come out tomorrow morning. That'll have the commitment preview in there for Amari and Hampton. Uh, it's going to be rather short since we're going to go more in depth on the website for you, and that'll be out tonight. Uh, so make sure that you guys check that out. We'll, of course, be touching on uh, the fact that you know, Omarion is is going to commit in that podcast, but the main focus of that one will be uh, the reaction to the fallout from the Dalen Everett commitment. So you don't want to miss that. Check out the podcast uh, wherever you listen to your podcast: uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, tune in any of those apps. Have it. Also, uh, make sure that you guys head over to the website for all of the position previews where we're going in depth on the Tar Heels ahead of the 2021 season. Doing that on the podcast side of things as well, but a little more in-depth for you guys over there on the website, so make sure you check that out. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, Go Tar Heels!